Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Text Talk podcast. We're so glad that you've tuned in. Edwin, as we're looking at Acts 13, what is our reading for this episode? We're going to take the last couple of verses of the sermon and read all the way through the end of this chapter. So we're going to go from verse 40 all the way to verse 52. I am reading from the English Standard Version. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit." I really appreciate you reading that. I've enjoyed these last few episodes spending some time in this sermon that the Apostle Paul preached in the synagogue there at Antioch Pisidia, one of the first destinations that Luke gives us some time reporting the events uh, on this first missionary journey, preaching journey. And uh, so as you know, as verse 40 and 41, as you begin reading, we're drawing to the conclusion of the sermon. And it's remarkable to me because of this... um, because of this COVID-19 business, uh, we've had to change the way that we've been doing things at Livingston. And, uh, of course, a lot of the preaching has been changed now because we're doing video preaching. Okay? And so, Ugh. yeah, for me, it has been very challenging. Ugh. Very challenging to speak into a camera, to look straight into a camera. Uh, I, I don't I don't care for it, but at the same time, it's important, so we do what needs to be done. But I'll tell you one of the reasons why it's difficult for me, because in my preaching, I'm I'm very attuned to the congregation. I'm watching people, and it sort of drives the way that I talk and bring about the next words and the next point. And, yeah, there know. are those moments when you say something and you're like, Oh, that was the wrong thing to say. Well, absolutely. Or Or you just look at the face and you realize this is not, they are not understanding. There's too many people that look quizzical. Uh, The wife's, the wife's, you know, shaking the head. No, bail out, bail out. You know, (laughs) and and you know you've done something wrong. And it's because of that interaction and that feedback that you're getting in real time, visually, with the people you're speaking to. Having said all of that, the way this sermon ends, as Luke records it, when Paul goes to this dire warning, it makes me wonder, what did the people look like 
What was their reaction to this sermon there in the synagogue and in real time that he drops Habakkuk on them and says, Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish. I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. You know, I get that. Paul saying, I am the fellow that is here declaring it. This is the marvelous works of God and you need to believe it. To end a sermon with this dire warning of judgment makes me wonder what in the world the, the <laughs> feeling what, was in that room. What faces were, was he? What faces were he? He was, was seeing faces. He was, huh? Well, he was seeing faces. <laughs> what, 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 what were those faces like? And, and then, as you continued reading, you have this very mixed reaction from the people there over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, ahead, especially. especially. Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking about what Habakkuk one five was about. Well, that's a good thing to think about. Habakkuk 1.5, when Habakkuk was told, I'm going to do something that even though you're being told about it, you won't believe it. He was saying, I'm going to send the Chaldeans. I'm sending the Babylonians. So Habakkuk is upset about Israel and their lack of following God. He's wondering why God's not going to do it, why God's not doing anything about it. And God says, oh, I'm doing something about it. And when you see it, you ain't going to like it. And Habakkuk, when he yeah. figured out what God was saying, was like, you're right. I don't like it. Let's not do that. I mean, I think you should do something, but let's not do that. And the, the rest of Habakkuk continues on from there. But Yeah, when God's going to do something marvelous in Habakkuk, it's not marvelous like this is good. <laughs> well, it's marvelous like this is terrible. Yeah, from, from the perspective of those being judged. Absolutely. Right, right, right. And, and that's – so, boy, think about this. As Paul is ending this sermon, he is actually calling to mind – Guys, you better listen to this because you remember what happened when folks didn't listen in the days of Habakkuk. God sent the Babylonians and he wiped out Jerusalem and he destroyed it. And all the Jews were taken into captivity. I mean, this is not just, hey, don't don't listen to this or it's going to be or listen to this or it's going to be really bad. It's if you don't listen to this, Jerusalem is going to get wiped out. Paul is actually paving the way and Luke in his writing is paving the way for the destruction of Jerusalem. And even in the book of Acts, that, that's where we end up as Acts has moved from Jerusalem to Antioch and will end up in Rome. What, what, what the whole book ends with is a quote from Isaiah 6, which is about the exact same judgment as this one that's being quoted Habakkuk. In, about Habakkuk 1.5, that Jerusalem is going to be destroyed because people are not listening to the word of God. And for the rest of this book, we're going to see Paul preaching, and there will be those who accept it. But again and again and again, we will see that in general, the Jews and the Jewish nation reject the message. Luke is preparing the way for AD 70 and the destruction of Jerusalem. Don't be shocked when it happens because exactly what Jesus prophesied is exactly what's coming and we see it happen over and over and over again. We're going to see it actually here in a verse or two. Yeah. So God is going to work in the nations and there is going to be ultimately a judgment upon Jerusalem and the ending of that system, that whole temple system. But before we leave the room in the synagogue, I guess, where the Apostle Paul draws conclusion on this sermon, it, it does appear we finally get to the end of a sermon. Okay, well, one of the things we notice in, in, in uh, the, the Text Talk podcast is all these sermons get interrupted. It kind of looks like he gets to finish this one. And where he finishes it is that nothing I have said here today is take it or leave it, 
Okay, uh, that's nice. That may be so, but that this is dire. You're going to have to make a decision about this. Reject it at your own peril, but you need to believe it. This message has consequences. Absolutely. How you react to it has consequences. Absolutely. So there is the 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 warning about a personal uh, rejection and judgment for that. What's fascinating is it seems the initial response is very positive. The initial response is people begging him to come back. We want to hear more about this. Yeah, so isn't that interesting? In verse 42, the Jews went out to the synagogue. The Gentiles begged that the, these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So I, I know that we pointed out a couple of episodes ago the idea of the, the God-fearers. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, evidently some Gentiles able to hear this. They want to hear more. They want others in the community to be able to hear this as well. Um, next week, next Sabbath. But then it, it seems like maybe they're kind of, uh, verse 44, the next Sabbath Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they're filled with envy. This message of Jesus Christ is able to pack out a synagogue anyway. uh, As people come out to hear this message preached again or perhaps some elaboration upon it. But instead of the Jews delighting at this truth, instead of the Jews delighting uh, to, to hear their History recorded, reported, as well as God's plan unveiled through the ages and ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ. They're not glorying in that. They're envious. They're upset that Gentiles, I guess, are so interested in these things that they came out. I mean, again, this is odd to me. So I got to ask you a question, and I've been looking something up here while you've been talking there in verse 42. Does the New King James say the Gentiles begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath? Well, it does. Yeah. It says the Jews went out of the synagogue, comma, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them hmm. the next Sabbath. I wonder if there's a Texas Receptus difference on that or something, because the ESV here says as they went out, the people begged that these might be told them. I'm just looking it up. I'm not seeing... Uh, that the Gentiles are actually there. So uh, specifically, I, I think that's interesting. That's something for us to continue studying. We'll have to have to look that up hmm. uh, because what what I what I see here is the idea that pretty much the people, the the crowd, is saying let's let's hear this again. Now, there's some folks that follow them. Not everybody follow Paul and Barnabas. Not right. everybody is is just eating it up so much that they're like, we're with you. We're following you out of here. We're wanting to hear more of it right now. It's come talk to us more about this next week. But either way, we do find that the next week they show up, the Gentiles are responding in mass. Yeah. I wonder and, if... and that's what's upset. That upsets the Jews. That's in, that's intriguing. Yeah. Even as you said that, I wonder if, if it's a contextual choice from verse 45, when it talks about all the multitudes and then where we're going yeah. Uh, in verse 46, behold, we turned the Gentiles. Yeah, that's certainly what's going to happen. Hmm. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. None of this is scripted. <laughs> now, now I've got uh, a question that I'm going to... They know. <laughs> they know. Now I've got some questions, some more study that i got to do. Next time when we get back around to Acts chapter 13, we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more, yeah. however long that takes. Anyway, but back to the whole point that you were making a second ago, and that is we do get here the next week. 
Gentiles are responding. Mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that what's been happening is that Jews were okay with this message until they see the Gentile response. And when the Gentiles are responding to Barnabas and Paul in a way that they had never responded. I mean, there had been God-fearers. There were some that came in. We saw that in the sermon as Paul addressed God-fearers. But now we've got the rest of the Gentiles coming. The God-fearers are telling their neighbors and their friends, you need to come hear this message. You know, I get it. You haven't wanted what we've been hearing from the Jews, but you're going to want to hear this. And they show up, Mm -hmm. and now the Jews get jealous. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they drive Paul and Barnabas out. And this whole chapter, we've we've talked about how reminiscent it is of things that happened in the past. Sure. We've talked about how the sermon is reminiscent of Peter's sermon. We've talked about how it's reminiscent of Stephen's sermon. We've talked about how even some of this is reminiscent of the way Luke ends his gospel, comparing to Jesus' words. Now what we have reminiscent of is the crucifixion of Jesus. What we're actually supposed to, I think, be getting a picture of here is the crucifying of Jesus all over again. Not in a literal sense, because Jesus only had to be sacrificed once. But it's that issue of there's no change. The Jews rejected Jesus. They crucified him. He was resurrected. But as this message of gospel is passed on to each new Jewish community, in general, they respond the same way. There are always those who accept, Mm -hmm. but in general, they always respond the same way. By rejection, essentially crucifying Jesus again. And and the Hebrew writer is going to talk about that approach. It's as if you crucify Jesus again. Consistent rejection, which is why Paul said at the end of his sermon, be careful. You reject this. It's going to be bad. And he points out one more scripture uh, as we kind of close, bring this one to a close, to talk about how that they are sent as a light to the Gentiles that is sad, as frustrating, as terrifying ultimately it is that these people, uh, the Jewish people would reject the Lord. This was written out in scripture that there was always going to be this light to the Gentiles. He's a savior for all people. It was. And you know what? That goes back to, I think, I think it was yesterday we were talking about it. The The whole issue about the resurrection of Jesus opens up the scriptures. Right. Folks did not understand before this, what do you mean a light to the Gentiles? But the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. And the resurrection of Jesus provides the forgiveness that the law couldn't provide. Mm-hmm. And it provides it to everyone. And that had always been part of the plan. Here's what stinks. All week long, there's just been so much of this chapter that it's hard to keep it down to our 15-minute conversation, and we've hit the end of today's episode. I wish we could just keep talking for another 25 minutes because this is just a, a powerful sermon, but we've, we've reached the end of today. We've reached the end of the week. And so I would just want to remind you guys, what we know there's more in here to learn. Yes. We'd like to hear what you're learning. Let us know. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, we know and we believe that the resurrection changes everything. We know, God, that it is the point, the focal point of all history. But we know that in our lives it changes us, Father, that by the gospel of Jesus Christ we can be changed from sinners and aliens separated from you to being sons and daughters of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ, united and part of a holy temple. Father, your gospel is amazing. And we pray, Lord, that uh, we might walk in a way that is worthy of that calling of the gospel today and to share the good news of resurrection that just changes everything with friends and neighbors and people we meet. Please bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.